Constructed Futures. I'm Hugh Seaton. Today I'm here with Dan Broderick, CEO of Black Boiler. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Hugh. I'm excited to, to be here and chatting with you this morning. Yeah. So I, I'd love to hear what you guys do. Let's start there. Black Boiler is software that automates the process of contract review and markup. And so what that means is that we can take counterparty documents, review those, and edit those to our client's standards. So we're not simply just kind of overlaying, you know, maybe your preferred indemnification language over the indemnification language that you're seeing in this document. We're editing it with very precise surgical-like edits to bring it in line with your risk tolerances. That's a really interesting, that's actually kind of amazing. How'd you get here? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's a little bit, my background actually, I came out of undergrad and worked for Whiting Turner as a project engineer, project manager for about three years. And then I got interested in law and the disputes that were happening on our projects. So I, I went to law school and after law school, I went to work for Watt, Teeter, Hoffer and Fitzgerald, and then eventually Kilpatrick Townsend both very strong in the construction space. And at one point I was seconded to a client and I would go to their offices to review and edit contracts for them. This is a client who had some explosive growth. They had gotten just more contracts they could handle. And at one point the CEO of that, that company had opened up a contract that he was ready to sign and it had you know personal liability in it for him. And he said, well, we've got to be doing a better job of reviewing these. So they brought me in on an interim basis until I could hire general counsel. And I was given a playbook or a rule set for how I was supposed to review and edit those contracts. And I was just making very similar edits to very similar documents over and over again. And I thought it was really inefficient. I thought that in a lot of ways, the the contractor already paid us to do the work because the language was, you know, talking about the same things. I was making the same edits and I was like, you know, they've really kind of already paid us to do this work. I wonder if I can automate this or if not me, but somebody out there could automate it. And I was eventually connected to Black Boiler's co-founder and now CTO, Jonathan Herr. And Jonathan was working in the DARPA research space at the time. So we were in the DC area. So lots of lots of Beltway Bandits, and he was kind of working on these really interesting DARPA projects. And we got together one night at a bar in downtown DC, and I brought in some construction contracts that I had printed offline. And I said, look at these things, they're so similar. Uh, I told him what I had to do, and his reaction was, you know, well, surely somebody's already figured out how to do this. And, and somebody hadn't, and so we started from there. We started, that was in 2015. We started working on seeing if we could extract the tax out of these agreements and then figure out how to review and mark them up. And then we eventually built, built Black Boiler, which is where we are today. And I have to ask where the name comes from. What, what does Black Boiler mean? Yeah. So with a construction background, I really like the fact that Boiler is in the name, but it has nothing to do with like a boiler you're going to find in a building. But so Boiler is from boilerplate language. And then before there was multiple colored inks, when you'd mark up a contract, it was called blacklining a contract. So it's black boiler, yeah, blacklining boilerplate language. How interesting. And I got to imagine that across the years, if you started that early, obviously you've got a lot of a repertoire of what's out there and so on, both from your own experience and from having seen a bunch. But the technology has got to have just completely changed in that time, right? You had a reasonable machine learning then, but it became really powerful deep learning. And now you've got a whole other host of other opportunities. 
How has the underlying product evolved and matured as you've, as you've worked? That's a really interesting question. So when, when I first started thinking about Black Boiler, I actually consumed a huge number of like these white papers about ML and AI just to like understand what was re- what was out there. And it was kind of, it was interesting time because it was at the, it was kind of, there's this, there was this AI wave in like 14, 15 as well. There's just like huge amounts of hype and they were making very similar predictions as they are now, or they're making predictions about the technology and saying, we're going to be able to do this in like in the next year or two, we'll be, we'll hit this. And, you know, it's funny because they just hit it in 2022. Like they, they're now doing the stuff that like 14, 15, when there was this other, the, like the last kind of like big AI wave that I was around for. So that was interesting, but there has been a lot of advancements in the AI and under these, these learning models, but these machine learning models and these large language models have advanced pretty dramatically. And if you think about how the, the, the tool has changed, basically like what, when you edit a contract, there's, there's a couple of things you have to do. You have to search through that document to see if there's language that doesn't conform to your understanding. And that's a semantic level search. It's based on meaning. So these better language models are, are much better at having like a semantic level understanding of what's happening. So we're able to be kind of more precise and more accurate when we say, hey, we think this section of the contract needs to be revised. The other piece that happens often is you might have something like a provision that's required in your contract and you need to search and see if it's already in there because if it's already in there, you don't need to insert it. So we're now much better at being able to identify what's already in that document. And then the second step of that is if it's not there, where should we put it in the contract? And we're also, these models have helped us become much more accurate at finding kind of the exact location where things should should go. Yeah, I really like that. And your point about semantic versus, I mean, we didn't quite say it, but keywords or recognizing something versus understanding it. It's just a huge difference that we're seeing in the last, really the last year. I mean, the, the LLMs have been around longer than that, but they've been, I think, useful for not very long. So kudos to being able to adapt them. So Dan, when you think about what your what your product does, who is it usually used by? You talked about GCs, but tell me a little bit more about, about the value people are getting from it and kind of workflows and use cases. Yeah. So we have a concentration in construction. And one of the reasons we have such a concentration is construction is that it's a little bit unique in that you're almost always signing counterparty documents in construction. You have to sign the owner's contract. If you're the GC, if you're a trade contractor, you're signing the general contractor's paper. And if you're an architect or an engineer, oftentimes you're signing the owner's paper, or if it's a public entity, you're signing signing their paper. It's unique in the fact that you're selling your service, but you're almost always signing on counterparty paper. So the amount of effort that it takes to review a contract in construction is pretty high. And, you know, I don't need to tell any of the listeners here, but there's a lot of contractual risk in a construction contract. In an industry that has margins that if you're in the high single digits on margins, you're doing really well. So there's just a lot of risk. And so it works well in this industry because people need to understand their contractual risk. They're looking at a lot of contracts and they're trying to make sure that they minimize their exposure to these things like liquidated damages or paid if paid provisions or no damages for delay clauses. All of those things that are 
needed to be identified. And if you're unable to mitigate that risk, you need to account for it in your price. You know, Black Boilers does a great job of finding those risks, mitigating those risks, and helping you take a standardized approach across the entire organization to contractual risk. I, I love that. And I mean, boil that, no pun intended, but boiling that down, a lot of what you're saying is you're going to get a lot of things running under your nose that you're going to have to sign. And anything you can do to get your arms around what you're being asked to sign faster and more accurately is just going to protect your margins and protect yourself from things that you might not see. I mean, how often are you are you discovering clauses that are buried in there, or maybe someone didn't quite understand what it means? I mean, I think one of the areas a lawyer will help a non-lawyer is understanding the year two or three implications of certain things. You know what I mean? Where I'm, I want to get it done today, but and that's my job as the as the contractor or as the person doing whatever the work is. But in my experience, often the devil literally is in the details and usually it's details that play out later. Yeah. So I'm going to answer that question a little bit of a long-winded way, but in construction, contract review happens really in three phases, right? The first phase is often in the bidding process. You know, people want to look at that contract and understand kind of high level the types of risks that are in that agreement so that they can decide either, hey, this might be a contract we don't want to bid on because there's too much risk on it, or they can decide to account for that risk in their price. So that's the first phase. The second phase is if you get that contract, right, and you're awarded the contract, you then have to negotiate that agreement. And that's like a process where most Big organizations either have in-house counsel who does that work, or a lot of times in a smaller organization, there's a person who's responsible for it. And oftentimes that person has just been doing it for like 20 years and just understands contract language because of their experience. And then the third phase of contract review happens during the execution process. Construction is interesting because it's one of the few industries where you're actually referencing your contract all the time. (laughs) And so having a cheat sheet to know what's in your agreement and what different provisions in your agreement mean is really important for the folks who are in the field and operating and their expertise might not be in contract interpretation. So where Blackwiller comes in really strongly at the moment is in the first two. You know, can we scan this contract for risk? And then during the negotiation process, can we review and mark up those documents to your standards? So I think when you talk about kind of summarizing things and getting people to kind of understand what a provision means, that's in that third phase. And that's in a place that Black Boiler is going to be going, kind of extracting important data points. What are my notice provisions? in this agreement, things like when do I have to submit my payment applications, things like what am I allowed on my markup on my change orders, having a cheat sheet that an AI can automatically extract things is going to be is really important. And that's going to be a place where we're going. Right now, we're more focused on the first and the second. And that's giving people either a risk report on a contract. Hey, look, we've identified these five to six key risks in this agreement, and you should be aware of them because they're outside of the norm. And if you want to price in that risk into your bid, you should do it. Or maybe you even want to make the determination that, you know, there are too many risky variables in this contract. And so we're just, maybe we're not going to bid it. 
And then, you know, kind of our bread and butter is the review and markup of the county party paper. And we do that review and markup both on Word documents so we can review and edit a Word document. And then also we can ingest PDF agreements and output an addendum to that PDF agreement because the PDFs are kind of hard to edit programmatically. Right. That's really cool. So the main focus is, is as you're creating the document and negotiating prior to signing. Is that right? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times what's happening is you're not creating the document. You're getting that document from the general contractor. If you're a trade contractor, you know, you take their contract and you have to review it. Or if you're the general contractor, you're seeing that agreement that the owner is providing to you, or maybe the construction manager is providing to you. And so it's a lot about kind of looking at third party or counterparty paper. Yeah, that makes sense. And so what is it like to work with? You just described, you know, kind of what your sweet spot is and, and, and how it works, but what's the workflow? How, did, how is somebody, you know, onboarding Black Boiler and using it? Yeah. So I'll tell you, we have three methods to kind of get your data into Black Boiler for the actual review process. And we'll go through like a little bit of the setup. Uh-huh. But for the review process, there's three ways you can do it. You can email it to Black Boiler and Black Boiler is just going to email you back that document and the marked up version of it. You can go into SaaS platform, log in and upload a contract manually. And we also have APIs where you can, you know, if you're a contractor who has kind of different workflow technologies already implemented, and I think we haven't talked to a lot of construction companies that do have this, but there are some Mm -hmm. that have like workflow tools like ServiceNow or a Brighter or a Formstacks or something like that that they kind of already have methods for routing different documents around their organization, we can tie into one of those systems and automatically review and mark up that contract. So if you send Black Boiler a Word document, we're gonna send you back that Word document. It's gonna be edited and track changes, just like you would get from, maybe if you sent it to your attorney or somebody else in your team who's gonna review and edit it. If you send us the PDF, we're gonna send you back a, a, a Word document addendum. There's two methods to setting up Black Boiler. I want to first just mention that in the construction space, we have a partnership with the American Subcontractors Association where we've implemented each one of their contract rules or what they call guidances on how to review contract language and mark it up. And so we've implemented each one of those rules. And so for ASA members or folks who want to be ASA members, you, you can buy that package at a lower price point, And all you do is you come in and you can select which one of those ASA rules you want to use. So they have an ASA rule on contract documents, what's being incorporated into the contract. They have an ASA rule on retainage. They have an ASA rule. And so you can just pick those and they're pre-built. And then once you kind of pick what rules you want to have implemented, then, then you're ready to go. And you can upload contracts and get them reviewed and edited. Yeah, with, I love that. Yeah, it's a great partnership. We really enjoy working with the ASA. And the reason why it's so great is because it actually gives the industry kind of like a standard pushback on a lot of the contractual language that they feel is is unfair. And so everybody's kind of speaking with one voice, which is is powerful. Now, with our larger enterprise clients, we're going to set up the system in a couple of different ways. Number one, we have a lot of canned rules like we do with ASA that we just know 
people implement in the construction industry, right? We know people like to strike paid if paid language, right? Is one for subcontractors. And so we can just kind of implement that rule if that's one of your rules. But a lot of times people will give us their playbook, we'll implement rules, or we might build rules for them that are specific to them. And we do that by editing sample text or giving the system like some more prescriptive like rules that it can that it can follow. Also, we can be trained on examples of how our clients have reviewed and marked up contracts in the past. So really that's just the Word document in track changes that shows them that shows the system how to treat that language. We ingest those example markups to contracts and we have proprietary software that will turn that into an AI model for us. So then you take new documents and you can pass in the Blackboiler Blackboard is going to review and mark up and identify those risks for you in a similar fashion to how you've done it before. I love that. So you're accumulating knowledge and accumulating learnings and able to apply it going forward, right? That's right. And because our technology is machine learning, Hugh, we're going to get smarter the more you use it, right? right? We write down everything you do. Really powerful in construction because a lot of times you're seeing the same, you might see the same owner if you're a general contractor. If you're an architect or an engineer, you might be doing work with the same municipality and you might see their agreement over and over again. And Blackboiler is going to write that down. We have this great function in Blackboiler called Bullseye, which is actually just, we search your precedent file and we determine if you've looked at that exact contract before, something super similar or what we call a near duplicate. And if we find that near duplicate, we say, you know what, we can ignore everything else in this model. Let's just focus on this near duplicate and make the same edits or very similar edits to what we did in the past. That's fantastic. How many times have you seen people see the same document and make different edits? Yeah. The fact that you're being consistent is also obviously helpful if there's ever any, if that's ever relevant in a claim down the road, right? That's right. And I want to go back on the point you just brought up before I move to my next point. And that is we turn this information into institutional knowledge that's an asset to your organization, right? It can be reused and leveraged. And you don't lose it when the person who reviews your contracts might take another job or they might retire or they might be out on sick leave, right? It's an asset to the organization that can be used over and over again and grows over time. So one of the cool things I want to point out is that you know a lot of software is optimized to one part of the, of the workflow. It's a GC, it's maybe an architect, it's in some cases a specifier for certain magical softwares. What you guys do is really interesting because you're, you're looking at across the, you know, across the range of players. And I've heard you talk about subcontractors more often than I often do. So I wanted to call that out, that among the people who find value in this and that you're plug and play ready to work with right now and have been for, for years, is subcontractors who often don't have, you know, they're almost by definition smaller and therefore have less legal staff. So the ability to do this and, and really understand what they're signing is huge, right? Because, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, everybody's trying to push risk somewhere and that often winds up with the sub. So for the sub to be able to get an, their arms around the risk that's being pushed to them, I think is huge. Yeah, I, you know, we work with all... Th- with what we we work with all of the AEC space, so we work with architects, engineers, contractors, and contractors being both general and subs. I agree. There's this really acute need in the subcontractor space. They are signing up for extreme amounts of risk in their contracts, 
right? And in some ways are the people who have the fewest resources to be able to review and edit those contracts and mark them up, right? And, you know, this is oftentimes sending those documents out to outside counsel, you're going to get two things. Number one, it's pretty expensive. But number two, they often kind of over edit, right? Yeah. They, you get that thing back from them and it's like somebody just bled all over that page where it's like, let's really focus on the things that the trade contractor cares about and review and mark up those contracts. And the other thing is a lot of times the subcontractors just sign a lot of contracts too, right? They, they get a lot of contracts. You know, if you're, if, if you're a core drilling subcontractor, right, you know how many contracts you're looking at? A lot, right? Because, you know, you're probably not signing huge dollar value contracts. You're doing a lot of contracts and a lot of projects. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The, the volume alone is, is a killer. And I love your point about, about when you send things out to external counsel. I've never met a lawyer who has the confidence to say, this is actually more or less right. It's always, well, you know, I can't believe they wrote it this way. So it's an interesting point that your software can hone in on the things that are specifically relevant as opposed to feeling like you have a need to point out every time somebody got the styling wrong. I love that when people do styling edits and you're like, hang on, I'm paying you how much an hour to make sure the commas are right? Exactly. Exactly. It's You know what? I, I laugh, but I used to be that person, right? Like I used to be the attorney who worked for a firm who felt like I needed to mark up every single thing that I thought was not perfect in that agreement. And as I've kind of transitioned to Black Boiler and kind of learned a lot more about how corporations treat contractual risk, I've been able to kind of understand and have a much better appreciation for like what's actually needed. Right. Well, also in the defense of lawyers, I will say that the job of of a, a lawyer is to make you feel like you are confident about their product and if their product's got weird styling on it, you know what I mean? Like as dumb as it sounds that they make those changes, they are responsible for the quality of the product that leaves their hands. So it's an incentive yeah. thing as much as it is anything else, right? Is that, oh, yeah. that what you're talking about is working around the incentive of a, of a law firm to produce a more or less perfect document and saying, well, we don't need perfection right now. I need my manager to understand what they're signing and what they should push back on. And we don't need to go straight to perfect final line edits. We need them to understand the concepts first. And that's, that's, I think, huge that you can go straight to that where a manager can do their job, which is understand their business and the risks that they may or may not be signing up for. Really cool. Well, Dan, what is day one? So somebody says, I want Black Boiler. This sounds amazing. I've got a project or two coming up. What do they do? Yeah. So it's really that process I just talked about. You know, if you're going to There's really three ways to train our system. The first is you give us examples of, you know, the first, the first step is training the system, right? We've got to create this model for you that review and markup contracts the way that are specific to you. And so there's three ways we do that. The first is you give us examples of how you've done it in the past, right? That, that usually happens at, with the larger organizations that have a lot. The second way is somebody gives us what we refer to as a playbook. And a playbook is really just a checklist of the risks that you want to deal with or identify in your contracts and an explanation or examples of how you want to remediate them. We can take that playbook and oftentimes we already have a lot of those edits, you know, like in a, in a pre-canned library that we have and we can just 
select those. Other times we may have to build certain rules for you and we're gonna build those out. And then the third, which is what we have with the ASA is really just a question and answer process, which is like, you know, right now it's on paper, we're about to go to a, a digital version of the Q&A uh, for our clients, but they just fill out questions about kind of what, how they wanna treat contractual risk and then they build that model. So the third, the third way happens very quickly. We can get you up and running in a week. The first and the second methods take a little bit longer. We're probably going to take somewhere from four to six weeks to get you up and implemented and into the system. Once we have that model built, we like to work with one or two members on our client's team to kind of review the model. We might have to make some tweaks to it just to make sure we're doing everything we want. And then we're going to have an onboarding process where we onboard the other members of the team into Blackboilers technology. We do that with a live training. Each one of our clients has a dedicated customer success manager and a contract analyst that's at their disposal. They'll do that live. Well, it's a live virtual training, right? It's over, over Zoom or Skype or something like that. And then we also have other resources available, video libraries, user guides and things like that to make sure people are understanding how the system is working. And that's really the process of setting it up. It gets a little bit more involved, Hugh, if we have kind of, if we're integrating into like another type of workflow system, like I talked about, like a ServiceNow or a Brighter or something like that. Or if we are, if we're kind of integrating into like maybe even like a CLM or another repository system. And CLM is contract lifecycle management tools. But if we're doing that, it might take a little bit longer. Yeah. So said another way, if somebody needs something quickly and they don't have the resources to put a lot into this to get started, they can do so. If, they, if they're looking at Black Boiler as, let's imagine that I hired my own paralegal, what would I do? Well, I'd, I'd probably take a month to get them trained up and then we take time after that to further integrate them, which I think is more than reasonable. So it's a, I think I love how you're scalable and all the way up to what you just said, where we can even integrate into other workflows. But of course, that takes a bit, a bit of time because this is important stuff and you don't just plug it in and hope it goes well. You need to tune it and make sure that it's working just the way that you need. Really exciting. I love that you guys have been around a bit, so you've got a pretty mature way of going to the market, which isn't always true. So really exciting about what you guys are up to. Where should people go to learn more? Yeah. So if they're interested in learning more, two things they can do. They can go to our website, which is just www.blackboiler.com and request a demo. And you know we'll get back to you really quickly on that request. You can also just email me at dan at blackboiler.com and we can set up a time to chat. Fantastic. Well, I'll have both of those in the show notes. Dan, this has been great. Thank you for being on the podcast. Awesome. I really appreciate it, Hugh. It was great, great chatting with you. Mm -hmm.